Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. College Golf Talk is back, and we are thrilled for you to join us yet again. The fall season underway. Burko Brentley with you. Hope everyone had a great summer. It's already September, Brentley. We already have college golf underway for the men and the women. I was in Dallas for Merido. You were up in Connecticut on the desk, and lo and behold, we've survived the summer of, of everything, and we're back trying to chase a national title. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice again, Burko. It's been a little bit, and not only do we have college golf, but we have some big-time college golf. Yeah, we certainly do, and we're going to try to do this a little more during the college season. We'll try to get them out once a week when it fits, and we're going to get some guests, throw them on board, maybe go big picture. Uh, you know, and we'll always have, quote unquote, the news of the day and what we're thinking, what's going on. But we're also going to try to cast the net a little bit wider over the course of the next nine months or so. But we've got to start right off the top with Merido, the Collegiate Invitational, Merido Collegiate Invitational presented by Easy Post. And first time I was ever there, pretty impressive. Heck of a field. Five of the preseason top 10 were there. And if it's any indication of what we had in that final group, Texas, Oklahoma, Arizona State, uh, we could be in store for a heck of a ride here for the men over the next nine months. Mm-hmm. Real quick, though, Rocco, what did you think of that course? You know, you mentioned it was your first time there. I know they've hosted a lot of big-time golf tournaments, and they had that freeze in February, and it seemed like Tanner Westbrook and the, the grounds crew did a, uh, did a heck of a job. Yeah, it was remarkable. We showed on the broadcast in July, just 10 weeks ago, it looked awful. That historic winter storm that hit that Texas area in February. So for it to get to the point of where it was, it was a little softer than it had been in years past. And I think that's just figuring it out. They've had, I'm going to say, what, two dozen events there over the last four years for amateur and professional. So uh, Albert Huddleston, the owner and founder. I mean, this is his vision. He's created something special. And I thought it was a very nice balance of you play well. We saw scores in the sixties, you struggle, you're going to shoot mid to high seventies. I thought it was pretty good. And it was just the right amount of wind too. you know, 10 to 15 miles an hour kept them honest, but it didn't, you know, destroy the event, if you will. Yeah. The uh, cream definitely rose to the top. I, I think, Going into the event, both of us and pretty much everyone would have tabbed Texas and Arizona State and Oklahoma as the three teams to beat. I mean, maybe you throw a Texas Tech in there, Texas A&M, Wake Forest, um, but those were clearly the three teams going in that I thought. And I was really impressed 
that final round because the first two days that back nine just played so tough. That's kind of the story of Merido. Get all your birdies in early because you're not going to get them late. And for Oklahoma to go out and make just three bogeys on that backside. I mean, Texas played pretty well too. I think they had five bogeys from their counting players or six bogeys. Um, but for the Sooners, for however many players they lost, was that three All-Americans from last year and Quade Cummings and uh, Jonathan Garrett Brightwell and, and Garrett Reband. Um, for, for them to reload and go and put that kind of performance on the backside, I thought Chris Goderup, who – is the latest transfer, you know, from your your Rutgers Scarlet Knights there, yeah. Burko. And uh, he's he's the, by the way, he's the real deal. The uh, kid he's, can play golf. <laughs> the 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 swag. I mean, I I wasn't on site, but you could feel it watching it on TV. Bogey's the second hole, doesn't make a single bogey after that, and he's playing in that final group with Parker Cootie coming down the stretch. They're tied, Oklahoma and Texas, with one hole to play. Parker Cootie makes the mistake on that wedge shot after an incredible drive and Goddard makes the par and he just kind of walks off the green. Like, yeah, I expected that to happen. Right. So yeah, big, and big it, win for Oklahoma, a big win for Ryan Hibble. Just when you think that maybe the Sooners are a little down, you remember that Ryan Hibble is a pretty dang good golf coach. And he reminded you of that as well, uh, I believe, uh, <laughs> in the post game show. Hey, that's I, why. Again, I, I mean, you're, you're I think right. I I'm on board. Them, what, 14th, 14th, right? Um, with what with they as lost, many players as they lost? Legit, complete legit. They just happened to go second first at Pebble and Merido. Uh, and in the early goings, have proven, okay, you know, Hibble just keeps putting something together. I mean, it's kind of remarkable. And on the flip side, I don't want to be overly critical. I said it not on the air in the compound before we went on the air. Everyone's like, who's going to win? I said, Texas needs to win. Oklahoma and Arizona state don't need to win. I believe Texas needs to win. Here's a team. Absolutely. I think they dropped a major opportunity yesterday. You've got three seniors, two juniors. Like this is the year. And if it doesn't dance. happen, yeah, this is the last dance. And and I say they needed to win because you go look at the last two or three seasons. Had a chance three years ago, lose to Stanford. Two years ago, COVID wipes it out. Last year, they lay an egg. Absolutely flat as could be at Greyhawk. But they don't win a lot. They're up there. They're in the mix. And we had it on the air. John Fields kept them out there on the 12th green for 10 or 15 minutes. And there was a heart to heart. There was a coming to Jesus. Whatever was said, I think they needed to win and they did. And I think the more they don't win, if that's the case, it's early. It just sort of that's something in the bottom of my gut. That one's going to sting and they better bounce back quickly. And they do have a chance. Yeah, that that was interesting. I agreed with with Hunter Mahan. I, I don't I didn't think that 15 minute uh puddle was was necessarily i mean i i don't know what was said maybe it was positive maybe it was you know maybe there was some kind of kick in the rear going on there but uh i i I just think it's way too early i thought texas had a pretty solid start i mean i think they should be happy with what they did pearson cootie is basically a quadruple bogey and then a double at his last hole of, of the tournament away from having a, you know, 
pretty okay start and everyone else finished T11 or better. Parker Cootie had the, the struggles last spring with the driver, the back injury for him to come out and finish six. I thought that was very positive. Mason Nome is, I think this is his 13th straight tournament or his 12th straight tournament making the lineup. So he's playing a huge role and is giving them some consistent play. Travis Vick's striping it right now, um, playing probably the best golf of his college career. So I, I'm, I'm not worried about Texas. They're going to be right back in the saddle at Olympia Fields this weekend. And I'd like for them to, to come out and, uh, you know, put together a win. But I, I, I just don't think that they, they needed to because I was looking up this stat a couple of days ago, Burko, and the last time that Texas won a fall tournament outright, stroke play, can you, I'm gonna can say you guess what year? Three, four years ago. 2014 U.S. Intercollegiate. So seven years ago. Yeah, they, they're there. They hang. They don't see it through in the fall. And don't get me wrong, the fall is nice. The spring's what matters. But it sort of goes to my point. There is a trend there. Different kids seven years ago. But food for thought. I don't want to completely go down the rabbit hole there. <laughs> Heck of a fun uh, final threesome of three of the seven or eight best teams in the country. Um, and then how about Cameron Sess? Gets the job done. Sport Skogan impressed the hell out of me. Uh, I knew the name, hadn't really seen him a lot, and obviously didn't get the job done on that extra hole. But to even get there, let me tell you, once Aberg figures it out and if Sandy Scott ever comes back, could be something special in the spring for uh, the Red Raiders. Yeah, watch out there for, for, for Texas Tech. And, and Sandy Scott's little brother, Callum. I mean, freshman, he's made the lineup – uh, two straight events now to begin his college career and and uh, you know talking with Greg Sands and talking with Sandy Scott um, I, I think Callum Scott's going to be a great player for them and it may even start this year but how about that that playoff though Verko with Ford Skogan leaving the the first shot in the bunker and then coming out and hitting the hitting the stick I mean it was like just when he thought it was over it almost wasn't, but well, and I thought it was over. And anytime you do that, and he couldn't even see that fourth one, how close it was, because that uh, greenside bunker left was so deep. But um, yeah, good for Sis. The way he finished coming down the stretch, and you think, oh gosh, but he just stepped up, quality tee shot, smart second, and now he's got a spot in the Houston, Houston Open as well. So that's a heck of a perk uh, for a second year event. Uh, down at Merido. So that's just the first of four we're going to have on our air in the fall. A couple in Arkansas, then of course, Eastlake Cup. So excited for all that. Uh, let's spin it over to the ladies. Huge event up in Minnesota. The Annika, usually one of the strongest fields you're going to see all regular season. And I'm shocked and chagrined that South Carolina not only won, did it convincingly. And their lineup's virtually a complete wipe than what we saw four months ago. Yeah, wire-to-wire -wire win, which we talk about me underrating Oklahoma. I had South Carolina 15th in my preseason ranking because you lose Pauline Roussin-Bouchard. She turns pro, um, goes on to win one of her first pro events, I think, if not her first one. Um, they lose Anna Pales, who is another first-team All-American from last season. Panipa Pantong, who didn't quite have the – the spring that she wanted to, but still, you know, great college player, Lois K go. I mean, that's a lot of talent. And Paula Kerner didn't even travel with the team. Uh, 
you know, she, she didn't qualify um, and didn't make the lineup. And so Matilde class is the only holdover from that, from that squad. You, but you add Hannah Darling, who I think talking with Kaylin Anderson today, South Carolina's coach, she, she thinks that Hannah Darling who won the British girls uh, this past summer has the potential to be a number one ranked amateur in the world. They add a couple transfers and other freshmen. So young team. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be something consistent like we saw them last year when they frankly tore it up for 80, the first 85%, 90% of the college golf calendar, but there could be some, some glimpses. There'll be some pump uh, bumps in the road, but I think that you, if you're a Gamecocks fan, you have to be super thrilled and a little bit surprised. Yes. Uh, yes. And yes. <laughs> if you're a fan, yes. And I'm thoroughly surprised simply because sort of like Oklahoma with the men, you don't lose that much talent. You shouldn't lose that much talent and not miss a beat, but uh, a tip of the cap to, to Kaylin and, and the lady Gamecocks as well. Uh, what are we, 10 days, two weeks into the season, never too early to still sort of preview, maybe a little rapid fire here of our thoughts of... Yeah, predictions, Burka. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we're always going to be wrong, so we might as well be wrong here. And no, you were right last year. Pepperdine, you picked Pepperdine. Well, true. That's true. All right. You, you got you, South you, Carolina, and they, they yes. fell flat at the end. Exactly. You, you sent me a list of things. We'll, we'll, we'll spit them out for all that, so... Favorite for the men to win the national championship. Wow. I don't know if there's a favorite favorite. I'm looking at some options and you can jump in at any time. Uh, I'm not going to say there is a favorite. Uh, I'll give a slight lean to Arizona state, a slight lean. If the freshmen in bias there and summer Hayes play well, Hey, I'm going to give them some first tournament jitters. Preston got better each and every day. Pooge didn't even qualify. Uh, if Sisk plays like that, if Anderson plays like that, Riggs Johnston, I don't know if there's any stars, but you could have that squad that maybe three or four different guys win a tournament like Pepperdine did a year ago. So that's my slight favorite right now. Yeah, I, I, I do like that pick. It's not my pick, but do want to add that you know, Poosh didn't make the lineup. And when that happens, you know, your team's really good, but he did go and play as an individual at the Maui gym, finished T3. He's in the lineup for Olympia fields. He goes in bias comes out. Um, I, I, I did like how summer Hayes got better each and every day at, as, as you said, he had some good shots. He was in the highlights quite a bit for us uh, during the post game shows, but I'm going to go with Pepperdine. Um, I know that Michael Beard and the boys, uh, you know, gave me a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, heat last year for not for not picking them for kind of going away from them a little bit. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Pepperdine back to back. It it would be the first back to back national team champions on the men's side since Alabama in 2013 and 2014. Those great teams with Bobby Wyatt and Justin Thomas was on that first squad. Robbie Shelton on the second squad. Corey Witsit, Corey Witsit, Trey Molinax. I mean, Tom Lovelady, Ooh, Scott Strohmeyer. Right. Let's just name them all, right? I mean, the they're list, all. The list goes on and on. But uh, I, sleep. I just like the yeah. waves. I, I just, it's a different look. You know, for the last couple of years, we were talking about how deep they were, right? And they pretty much have five guys. And Maspat, the freshman, it's going to take them a little bit to get adjusted. Um, 
so as long as those five guys can can peak at the right time, uh, there's not going to be rolling the ball out and letting them play and have the five best out of your eight studs get the call. I mean, these guys are going to have to be discippointed and when it comes time to get to the postseason and play the rounds of your lives, um, Dylan Man- um, Manetti and William Mao and Joe Highsmith and company, uh, they're going to have to step up, but I think they're, I think they can do it. Give me a sleeper. Give me a sleeper on the men's side. Ooh, this is tough. I, I, I wish that I was, I, I was, I was more prepared and, and, and dove into this Burko. Um, but I, there's just so many teams. Like I, I just haven't actually got I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw Tennessee at you. I I like that, but see, I had Tennessee at at nine and exactly. In my so ranking, I don't know how so much I can't put them as my receiver, but you certainly can. Yeah, no, I can. I'm looking at your list as a guide. You're you're well versed in the preseason rankings. Okay, you know, I'm gonna give you another one, maybe a little bit further down, Texas AM. I like that. I like that you know, a lot. Walker Lee, Sam Bennett, strong one-two punch. If the newcomers uh, can perform, uh, keep an eye on that. So, I, you know, let's drop out of the top ten. Uh, I'm, I'm perusing and I'm going with, I'm going with the Aggies. Uh, so we'll, we'll 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 agree on that one across the board. Give me a couple of guys uh, you like for the Haskins uh, Award, maybe nine months from now. And and it's so early. Yeah, uh, but. Alex yeah, I mean, Fitzpatrick. I'm going to jump in. Alex Fitzpatrick. I want to see this guy go out. Um, ultra likable, ultra talented. We've seen glimpses. I'd love to see him just rip off seven or eight straight, you know, top tens in a row. I think he's that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he certainly got off to a a tough start this this past week at at Merido. But again, early in the season, there's going to be a lot of chances for these players to step up um, guys like James Pied and Logan McAllister certainly have a leg up right now because they've already won tournaments, but I had Ludwig Aberg from Texas tech as my number one guy. I think two tournaments in him not having a top 20 yet. That's concerning Pearson Cootie's performance um, to, to begin. He's his season's concerning. So I'm going to go with Eugenio Lopez Shikara senior right. from Oklahoma state one of those players who, who, if you have a chance to go to a college event or an amateur event, or maybe even a pro event that he plays in the next couple of years and just watch him on the range and just listen to the sound that the ball makes when he hits a five iron or, or a six iron or a seven iron, it's, it's just a different sound. Um, and he was a top three machine last year. I think he had five or six top threes, um, nearly had a top three to open his fall uh, a couple weeks ago at Pebble Beach. He'll be in action at Olympia Fields this weekend. I just think that the talent's there. He's uber confident. He's on a great team. They're going to play a great schedule, so he's going to have every opportunity to to get the job done and and win the Haskins Award and win some other Player of the Year awards as well. So you're saying it sounds different than when you and I hit it? A lot different. Okay. I, I don't even think my ball makes a sound. Fair enough. Cheap shot, but um, I mean, sometimes the truth hurts. I have to compress the ball a little bit more. <laughs> really cover it there uh, with my long irons. Uh, let's flip over to the women's uh, favorite. Uh, I'm pretty certain we've got the same <laughs> we even have because, to yeah, I, I'm more intrigued to watch Stanford. I'm getting way, way, way ahead of myself. 
potential to be one of the all-time best. We're looking at 95 Arizona State. You're looking at 0405 Duke with 2013 USC. Yeah, another good one. We know what Rachel Heck can do. If Rose Zhang is 80% of what she was as a junior, as an amateur, with the rest of those young ladies there, uh, wow, watch out. Everyone's going to be playing for a second a lot. Yeah, it's four top 25 amateurs in the world, or maybe even top 20 um, at, at one point in their careers with Aline Crowder and Angelina Ye as well. Um, I think the freshmen that they brought in, Caroline Sturza, um, Rose Zhang, the, Rose is obviously going to get a lot of run. I think Caroline could play a, a role for this team before the year is over. But the interesting thing is when you talk about best teams of, of all time, you know, certainly you look for them to, you know, win the national title, um, but also maybe a team like on the men's side, Cal, um, who back in 2013 won 11 times. Um, but didn't get the job done in match play at NCAAs. I don't, I don't know if the Cardinal are going to quite have the regular season resume just because they're going to be so scattered. You have the Asian games, you have the, the spirit cup, um, which they'll be missing a lot of players for the PAC 12 preview in November. You look forward to the ANA and the Augusta national women's amateur. They're going to have a bunch of players in that event. So it's going to be interesting. I, it's it's going to be it's going to be a challenge, I think, for for Ann Walker in that team, just to make sure that the time that they do all spend together as a unit, they make the most of it, so that when they get to Greyhawk, um, you know, they don't, you know, there's there's very limited amount of scenarios where something could go wrong. But I think on paper, yes, they have the opportunity to be great and. To me, I had Wake Forest at number two, Ole Miss at number three, Duke at four. There's just not a team that's that's close to them, in my opinion. But again, match play, anything can happen. Um, but it'll be interesting. But I think we're both going with Stanford there. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Uh, we yeah. could have said that in five seconds, but we enjoyed the talk. Women's sleeper, I'm going off your rankings again. I, I found one. I found one. Number 17. Keep an eye on Baylor. Jay Goble, like it. it's seemingly, man, they had the chance six years ago at concession and then a bit of a drop off. But now, would they win like three, four in a row last fall? There, there's, something, there's something there. Again, uh, you know, off the radar, off the beaten path. Uh, watch them. They might win the Big 12 outright. They could because because Texas is I, I don't want to say down, but certainly lost a lot of talent. Um, my my sleeper is going to be Alabama. I, I had them at 21, but this is before they go out and, and finish, I believe, fourth at the Annika. I mean, that that's a great, um, a great start to the season for Mick Potter's squad. I remember a few years ago I was at the Annika up there at Royal Golf Club in Minnesota that was when the team was really good. You know, Lauren Stevenson, Kristen Gilman, Jiwon Jian, they won that event. Then they turn around and win their next event in record fashion. It looks like they're going to be impossible to beat. And then what happens, Burko? LPGA, Q school. <laughs> Stevenson yep. and Gilman gone. Jiwon Jian's gone by the, the, the end of that spring. And it's been a slow rebuild. Um, but Polly Mack had a great uh, tournament at the Annika this year. Benedetta Moresco is one of the best players. I think she's a first team all SEC player. 
if Angelica Moresco, her older sister, can get back some of that game that she showcased as a freshman, as a sophomore, um, I think the Crimson Tide could find themselves back at the NCAA championship with a chance to maybe get in the match play. I like it. I like it. Annika contenders, the uh, Haskins for the men, the Annika Award for the women. I, I'm I'm going to throw it out now because we might never see it again. Brooke Matthews is my favorite because all she did was shoot 191, 25 under par at the Cougar Classic in South Carolina, a couple of 64s, a 63, 25 under par. Let me say that again. NCAA 54-hole scoring record. She was really good a year ago, won the blessings. She's It's early. It's early. Keep an eye on her because if that's an indication, watch out. Little recency bias there, Rika. Yeah, well, you know, we have, we we did get up at what three o'clock this morning to catch flights. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, so in, it's easy to say because, Rachel Heck. It's easy to say Rachel Heck, obviously, but Brooke Matthews is really good. Yeah, but 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 answer this question. It it does because Roseang is obviously very talented. She's on the same team as Rachel Heck. Heck's the reigning Annika Award winner. Is it fair to say that Rose is the favorite? I mean, is that fair? I mean, should we, should I have had Rachel Heck as my number one? I would have, uh, not that Rose can't do it, and not that Rose might not win six. Like what Rachel did this past spring, greatest eight tournament stretch next to Lorena Ochoa that I've ever seen or been a part of. I mean, yeah. she went out and won six events. Rosang is good. Rosang isn't going to go out and win six events in my estimation this season. Due in large part because she's going to have to beat Rachel Heck most of the time. Great point. Great that, point. That, that, that's the big problem. She's on another team playing a different schedule. She'll probably win four or five, six, and maybe I'll piss her off and she's going to win eight now. But, you know, you watch. It's the old thing when, you know, you've got two guys from Alabama football trying to win the Heisman. You know, Mac Jones, Avante Smith, they're going to steal votes from each other. If that, you know what I mean? Matt, Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Ken Dorsey, yeah. Willis McGahee. I mean, we can go, go. Right, right on cue. So, uh, well, what if the Stanford baseball team steals Rachel Heck for, you know, to be their closer? We saw her up at the Twins game. She had a pretty good arm. She didn't throw a strike. I thought Annika came out of the stance a little bit early to try to catch the ball. Um, but it was a solid <laughs> first pitch. It's, it's better than some PGA Tour players that I've seen throw out first pitches recently. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun to watch Heck, Zhang, Matthews. Those are just a few sort of jumping in my forefront uh, of my mind. Mm-hmm. Hannah Darling too. I, I, yeah, we we talked about her earlier. Julia Johnson won the Annika. Um, she clips Darling by a shot. There's there's a lot of great players, um, and there could be some players that we see maybe turn pro midseason with the Ho sisters at Arizona. Maybe Gina Kim. Maybe I, 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 I think Gina is in that scenario. Yeah, and, and Brooks, uh, Brooke Matthews as well. I, I think Gina Kim will will defer. I, I think this team means so much to her. This is her last year. Um, she loves college. She loves that competitive atmosphere at Duke. She loves the basketball team there. Um, I, I, I just it, – it would be very surprising to me to see her, even with LPGA status, um, to, to see her leave halfway. A few minutes left. 
PGA Tour U update, Velocity Global on board for these rankings. Thrilled to have them as partners. Who do you think, this is a question you posed to me, I think it's very legitimate, has the best shot of climbing into the top five. It was, gosh, what did we have? Cootie and Bennett and Fitzpatrick. The, the Logan guys McAllister at three. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess the question is like, Cameron Sisk was 55th. Does he go to 38th or does he go to 20th after that win? We're going to have to find out next week, uh, you know, of, of how far of a boost is that? Love Chris Goderup. I just don't know if he, I think he's in the 60s. Like, 60 on the dot. and But this is yeah. obviously before Merido events. But, but the, you know, a, a huge amount in the climb. The guy's going to probably have to go win two, three, four times to do it but what i saw and knowing how uh, i know the wreckers program and rob shooty their head coach uh, the kid's one of the best players in the country i mean I, i'm gonna fall in love with what i saw for three days because as you said he had swag he didn't care he was built for this moment and he almost won and by the way he can absolutely move the golf ball oh he's he's the next burly boy I mean, there's yeah. not a lot of burly boys left in in Norman, but uh, but but Goderup's keeping, you know, keeping that flame lit. Yeah. Um, Who else do you see in the 20s or 30s or 40s? Maybe that can make a, a viable run. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a, a, a big numbers guy. I, I don't know the inner workings of this, but I do know, you know, last year we saw guys early in the fall. Um, I remember Hunter Walcott um, after the blessings jumped up quite a bit. It's possible. It's possible for a Chris Goddard at 60 or um, Cameron Sisk in, in the 50s to jump into that top 20. And then once you get into there, it's a little bit harder to move up. I would say just looking at maybe 20 to to 30 that range right there um parker cootie at 24 um i i mentioned during the spring he'd struggle with the driver he struggled with the back injury but he had a great last fall he was probably the best player on that texas team uh 12 months ago yes he had a bad wedge shot but solo six to open he should maybe climb closer into that top 20 range and they're going to play a great schedule. There's going to be a lot of points available, but as far as climbing into the top five, look at Jacob Bridgman from Clemson. Um, probably one of the most un or overlooked players, most underrated players in college golf. Got a chance to watch him a little bit at the U S Amateur at Oakmont. Turk Pettit's gone. This is Jacob Bridgman's team. I thought Bridgman, honestly, before NCAAs had a better year than Pettit did. And obviously Pettit, goes and wins the NCAA individual title. But Bridgman's one of those guys who knows how to win. Uh, he's won often in his college career for the Tigers. He's the guy. I still think Clemson's going to be very good under Jordan Bird. So Bridgman's one of those players right now at number 10 that I see challenging for those top five spots. We touched on it. We'll wrap it up. Olympia Fields fighting Illini invite. I'm looking at the field, Oklahoma State, Arizona State, Illinois, Stanford, Baylor, Texas. Quick turnaround. We get to see Pepperdine, North Carolina's in the mix. Are the Gators Florida. any good? Yeah, I, you know, let's see what the Gators can do. Um, what do you like? I, I, you know what catches me? I see Carl Phillips on the Stanford lineup. 
Is he in the portal? Did he go in the portal? Has he left the portal? So he's he's out of the portal now. He he entered the portal. He was a couple of days late um, for the deadline in terms of if he were to tra- were to have transferred during the summer, he would not have been able to play right away. So he thinks about it, talks to Conrad Ray, talks to his father Paul. They decide that the best thing for him is to go back to Stanford. So he is out of the portal. He's committed to this team. Um, Remember, uh, last or two summers ago, he had a very serious finger injury, um, Mm -hmm. potentially career ending. They had to graft some bone. um, I forget from where, but very serious surgery, um, a long recovery period. He didn't even play in the U.S. Amateur at Bandon. Remember, he caddied for his teammate, Michael Thorbjornsson. Um, Thorpe Gordon had a blistering summer, um, won the Mass State Am, won the Western. But Phillips had three or four top tens as well. He's starting to get back in that zone. Um, This is a big moment for Stanford. Henry Shimp's back, sixth year. Barclay Brown's a Walker Cupper. Ethan Ng's playing the number one spot for them at Olympia Field. So that uh, maybe maybe the Cardinal can actually get it done against the stout field. But, I mean, six top ten teams. It's probably one of the best tournaments of the fall. Obviously, we just saw a great one at Merido. Um, college golf is just getting better and better and better. Um, but who's your pick, Burko? Who do you like out of I'm that? Lo- yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. Oh, gosh. I'm going to give you a flyer. I'm going to say North Carolina is as good as a lot of people think. I like it. I like that. I'm going to go yeah. not Stanford, but I'm going to go with Texas. I, mean, I think whatever John Field said uh, – <laughs> this I mean, he didn't, is, did he make a it's walk gonna light a fire but this is going to be one of the most professional teams you see all year because texas this is it like we talked about it this is their last dance with cole hammer and the cootie twins i mean travis vick and mason nomer juniors as well i mean this is the team that's got to get it done and they know it and last spring left a really bad taste in their mouth um cole hammer now seems to be putting better um those last 27 holes with the broomstick he looked pretty good. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Texas and I'm going to go uh, with them to get their first fall victory outright since 2014. Love it. Love it. And I love that college golf talk is back. That's going to wrap up the first edition of this fall season in 2021. Always good to have you folks on board and we will try to sneak one in next week. I know it's Ryder cup week. I'll be up at whistling, but we'll see if we can't carve out a little 30 minute window. Uh, how does that sound partner? You know what, Burko? I love that because you know, it's college golf is getting, you know, better every single year. It's the, there's a great event every week. And frankly, we need, uh, you know, the, the fans need us. The fans need us every week. Um, that, that's what I heard voices. in Meridale. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That was the over, uh, overwhelming uh, thing coming out of Meridale, and uh, we love doing it. So we'll, uh, I'll be like a good student athlete and have good time management from whistling straights, and we'll get it done. <laughs> but uh, we'll recap some things, look ahead, and we'll go big picture. So until next time, for Brentley, I'm Burka. We'll talk soon. Take care. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. 
Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.